What's up, everybody? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If it's your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for joining us. If you are a repeat listener, thank you again. Um, a couple housekeeping things. If you find value in the podcast, if you're enjoying the content that I'm providing, do me a favor, go leave a rating, go leave a review, and also tell a friend, help me spread this thing. I really appreciate it. All right, let me tell you about my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. I want to take a second and tell you guys about my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Jumbo Superfoods is a California-based health food company that provides the highest quality cannabis-based products. But I want to tell you guys specifically about their CBD line. CBD stands for cannabidol. Cannabidol is one of the many cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant and has also been shown to have medicinal value, meaning it can aid in improving your health. The cannabis plant is an adaptogen, and CBD specifically has been shown to reduce inflammation, aid in mood regulation in cases of depression, but it can also reduce anxiety and stress, and has neuroprotective properties, meaning it can help the brain. It blows my mind when I think about all of the different things that this one plant can do. And this is just a small list of the benefits of CBD. Now, before I go any further, I know many of you have already heard the word cannabis and have automatically gotten worried. Let me put your worries to bed. You're asking yourself, will I fail a drug test? No, you will not. If you are buying high-quality products, like those from Jumbo Superfoods, They use only premium ingredients, nothing artificial, nothing harmful. All of their products are made right here in the U.S., and they are tested in a lab to measure for purity. You can actually go over to their website, jambosuperfoods.com, and see the lab results for yourself. Go check it out. And while you're there, you can check out their full line of CBD products. They have CBD spray. Their CBD spray is phenomenal. I like to put the cinnamon one in my coffee taste delicious. They have CBD drops, both for you and your pets. They have a grass-fed ghee and MCT oil. Add that to your coffee. They have a lip balm. They have a muscle balm, which is my absolute favorite. I use the muscle balm after training jiu-jitsu. I put it on my fingers. I put it on my sore muscles and such. It makes a world of difference. So remember, go over to jambosuperfoods.com. That's J-A-M-B-O. S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D-S, jambosuperfoods.com. Check them out. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, so I thank you in advance. If you're a first-time shopper, use the code JAMBOLOVESYOU at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So one more time, go to jambosuperfoods.com. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, and use the code JAMBOLOVESYOU at checkout to save 15%. Boom, and we are back. Now, my guest today is Zach Costello. Zach is a buddy of mine, and, uh, you know, it's weird. You never know. You know, I I shouldn't say you never know, but it's weird how long you know somebody. Um, You kind of just get to this certain point in life where... You know people for a 
for a significant amount of time before you know it. And it's like, fuck, man. It's like, wow, I've really known you that long. And uh, I say that because I've known Zach for, uh, I think said four years now he's been training uh, clients out of St. Charles MMA. And uh, it's like, fuck, dude, I've known you for that long already. Like, man, the time has just flown by. And, you know, I was talking to a friend, and he said that, uh, you know, when you're kids, uh, you have markers as far as your grades, right? It's first grade, second grade, third grade. So you have these yearly markers, and it helps you categorize and uh, kind of file your memories. And I think that's right. I think that's true. I think there's definitely some truth to that. Because at a certain point, it's just like this big fucking blur. Um, I've been doing jujitsu for nine years now, going on ten years, and it just feels like just one long thing of jujitsu. So I forget how long I kn- I've known people. It's really weird how how that works. So anyway. Yeah, Zach's a cool dude, man. We've had a lot of great conversations just talking about training and uh business and i just really enjoy talking to him so i think you guys are gonna like this one we are going zach costello is it costello costello c-o-s-t-e-l-o Castillo. I see the double L, and that's what always fucks me up, because I want to be like Castillo. I've heard that too, for <laughs> sure. But I'm like, I'm Irish, <laughs> I'm Italian. <laughs> yeah, I know your name's a little confusing. <clears throat> I love it though. Um, how are you, man? I'm doing really good. Really, really good. Busy time in my life, so. Yeah, we were just talking about that, man. You have an awesome eight-week program or twelve-week program. Twelve-week program. You're staying busy. I um, I really wanted to. Uh, to sit down and talk because you train um, at St. Charles MMA. And, well, when I say train, like, you run classes out of there. You are a trainer. Correct. And, uh, you know, dude, we've always we've had so many conversations about training and whatnot. And uh, I just want to sit down and talk to you because you actually train such a unique population in the sense, like, you train gen pop, but you do a lot of water aerobics as well, like, outside of St. Charles and yeah. another location, right? So yeah. that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you, because, like, that's some interesting shit. But first, I wanted you to uh, take me back a little bit, and, uh, like, what's your, like, how did you get into training? Like, what, were you always, like, active? or like, Yeah, what's your, what's your I grew up playing like just, like, the sports all kids play, like, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey. And I played those four sports like all year round, not as so much basketball, but hockey and soccer and baseball, like all year round till I got to high school. And when I got to high school, my dad was like, hey, you're really good at soccer. You should just try to pick one sport you want to excel at. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on soccer. So you only did soccer in high school? Yeah. And my junior year, I played baseball, but I played soccer on varsity all four years. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't even play club until like I was like a freshman in high school because I have six brothers. My parents put all of us through like Catholic schools. We lived in North County, St. Louis. So they just wanted to put us through like a good Catholic school. Dude, where are you at? Like, so you, you, where at in the six are you? I'm number five. You're number five? Well, there's seven of us total. I have six brothers. Oh shit, man. That's a big family, bro. So it's like my- Y'all went to private school? Everybody did? 
Yeah. Oh, man. Your parents worked hard. So I live in St. Anne, Missouri. And so the local, like, Catholic school there was St. Kevin when I was a kid. Yeah. And then my older brothers went to a school called St. Gregory, but one of my parents moved over to St. Anne in a different location because there's a lot of, like, Catholic schools. Like, 20 years ago, there's, like, Catholic schools everywhere. Yeah, well, this is a big Catholic community here. Totally. And so we went to all these Catholic schools. So that's – then we went to Catholic high school too. So we went to Catholic high school in West County. And that was really expensive. So when I got out to West County and I started playing soccer there, because all all four of my older brothers went to uh, JFK. What's JFK? uh, John F. Kennedy Catholic High School. Okay. It doesn't even exist anymore. Okay. It just closed last year or two years ago. And so we all went there. And then what got me really heavy into soccer and me being, like, such a better player is one of my buddies that I went to high school with. His name was Robbie. He let me – I was like, hey, man, I want to play for a really good team. He got me involved with Bush Soccer Club, which is, like, a really elite soccer program at the time. And it always is. And uh, so we started playing soccer together. And through playing, I got a lot better through my high school career. Right. And I wanted to play in college. And so when I went to Merrimack, I eventually wanted to be – like an EMT paramedic, and that's what went me, what took me to Merrimack. Okay. So I played soccer at Merrimack for two years. So you were like training to be an EMT. Yeah, I went through EMT school. But what got me into fitness was my wellness teacher. That was like, she was in her sixties. Her name was Linda Teat, Miss Linda Teat. She was awesome. She totally changed like my whole life and like perspective on like ways to think. Yeah. Um, her husband could speak like six fluent different languages. Oh, that's cool. They were just, like, so articulate. She was amazing. So the whole semester, she would bring up stories of her husband because he was in an accident at her house. What kind of accident? He, I think, was working on a ladder. Oh, and he, like, fell? He fell and hit his head. Oh, shit. Like, lost his memory. Couldn't even really speak well anymore. I think eventually they, like, lived in separate houses because he could take care of himself, but they, like, couldn't live together. Yeah, he was just, like, a different person after he hit his head. Totally. Dude, the brain is a funny thing, man. Man. You, you hit that head, and you don't know what's going to happen necessarily. And she, like, stuck by him the whole time. Yeah. So she'd, like, bring up these stories, and I think it was, like, nutrition and wellness concepts was a class that I was taking at the time. It was, like, the only morning class that I had. It was, like, at 8 a.m. I was driving, like, 25 minutes to go to school. I didn't have any classes till like, three hours after that. And that was, like, the only class that I, like, made on time. I was in class there all the time because she oh, yeah. inspired me so much. Nice. It's good to have that person that inspires you, that can kind of, like, spark that is- that interest. You know, I was talking to somebody at the gym, and uh, he said that uh, he had a teacher. He wanted to do a – for a project, he wanted to do, like, a podcast where he, uh, like, would interview veterans so they could, like, tell their stories um some of like the more like horrific shit like they wanted to get that off their chest and the teacher told him that'd be a bad idea and nobody would want to listen to that what the fuck that teacher should be fired i agree that's yeah. crazy yeah the whole Continue, but the whole, but yeah the whole semester evolved around this family story okay and um she just was like a really like not like an in-your-face person, because she could be so calm about it, but she was just so sincere, mm-hmm. and she meant everything she said from a teaching standpoint also. And at that point, when I was playing college soccer, I got like more into like lunging, squatting, push-ups, 
just yeah. doing all like the crazy stuff just because I was a really small kid. Just more body weight stuff. Yeah, I was like one of the smallest kids on my college soccer team. Yeah. Even as a freshman playing varsity and being a senior playing varsity, I was still like one of the smallest kids. I'm only so like 5'8". So you didn't do very much lifting in high school. I don't think many soccer teams no, like, we have did, strong like, strength. And we would do like programs. lunges. We would do push-ups. Like, we would do all that stuff through high school. But I didn't really like start focusing on like form. You know, like barbell work though for real? Uh, I mean, it wasn't like something that was like, all right, soccer team, go in the weight room and start lifting. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. Right. So you didn't have much exposure to that then until... I took weightlifting, weightlifting as a junior in high school. Yeah. It was kind of like your first yeah. real lifting. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, like, I got really into, like, the functional stuff when I was in college. And then so I actually talked to my my teacher that was, like, so inspiring to me. And I was like, I think I'm going to go into, like, personal training, wellness, nutrition, stuff like that. Yeah. And she was like, I think that's a really good idea. So after I got out of college, after two years... I didn't want to go to another school and play soccer. I really didn't have, like, a whole bunch of offers on the table. I wasn't, like, seeking out a whole bunch of offers. Almost, like, my whole soccer team ended up playing at Webster together. Oh, really? Which is really, really cool. I think they ended up winning, like, their conference and region and stuff together. So I went to that game and watched them play. So that was really awesome to see some of my friends play again. But after that, I was just like, you know, I don't uh, I don't want to go to university. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to spend all that money. I don't want to. I don't blame you, dude. I think there's like many, many different sources of education out there besides like spending so much money and being in debt. And I wanted to make money like right away. So I wasn't about to like be in debt. Yeah. And like be a part of like learning how to be a good student because growing up, I wasn't just like an Excalibur student to begin with. I was like outside yeah. way late at night, not doing my homework. I was outside playing all the time. I was just like, yeah. if we weren't in the house at 6 p.m. with like our hands washed because my mom and dad made like a home cooked dinner every single night. It's like you were in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> you know, at six o'clock for dinner. Yeah, that's funny. Every night. Yeah, dude, you gotta be home when the streetlights come on. Fucking, um, yeah, that's good that you did that though, man. Because I fucking I fell in the trap, man. Like I went to the four year, like four year university. Like I got my bachelor's. He went back and got my master's, and I don't think like it was uh, really worth it. Like it is if you want to do the corporate shit, maybe. Yeah. But, like you realize that it wasn't for you, and you're like, fuck, I want to start making money. Oh, yeah. I mean, my older brother's and that's in it. How it. It wasn't even very encouraged at that time, for sure. Like, there weren't, like, celebrity entrepreneurs like there are today. I think what, like, <laughs> this is this is super fucked up. <laughs> this is, like, more on, like, like, a personal level because I wanted to do it so bad. Like, being a personal trainer and, like, just being part of, like, the fitness industry was something that I, like, really wanted to get into. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't going to be, like, a... 190, 100, 200 pound guy, you know, like I knew I was like, I'm like a small petite figure. I'm like 160 pounds. I'm 5'8". Yeah. I have like just like an athletic build. I feel like I'm like comfortably good at like all sports, all like extracurricular activities and stuff like that. And then I just got really good at functional training. So like I was like, okay, I really want to do this. So then after I got out of college, my two years at Merrimack, it was all paid for, by the way, at my college. So I didn't come out of school with any debt. Yeah, that's good. So as soon as I got there, I just bought my personal training certification right and I told my mom and dad I was like I'm gonna be a personal trainer I was 21 years old well I was gonna yeah I think I just was 21 years old and I was like I'm not going back to school They're yeah like, you're not I'm like no why I mean what's the point of going to school this right to I get a job do. right and yeah this is the job that you want yeah what cert did you get uh NASA National Exercise Sports Training Association so my dad was like you need to get a job I'm like why I have a job. I'm a lifeguard right now. Like, I was lifeguarding at the time, and I was doing a couple other things just like side stuff. And uh, 
My dad's like, you can't be a personal trainer. I'm like, what? He's like, you can't be a personal trainer. I was like, well, I'm buying the certification. Like, I'm about to be a personal trainer. He's like, you can't do that. So my little background of my dad, he's like 68 years old. He's worked for the same company for like 45 years. Yeah, a completely different time. Yeah. Like so he grew up in. I don't think he was just like aware of like what possibilities like were out there besides like doing something that he did. And I didn't like take offense to that. But I like, you know, took a step back. And then like I think a week or two later I was like, dude, mom and dad, you told me my whole life I can do like anything I wanted to do if I put my mind to it. And now that I want to do something, you're telling me that I can't do it? Yeah. I was just like, I'm totally going to tell you no and I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's good that you did that, man, because I think that's such a common thing. Like, you know, like parents mean well, right? And they, they tell little Jimmy or Susan, like, how like they can do whatever they want when they grow up, right? But one, a lot of times they don't tell them how to actually do it. And then once you get to a certain age, it's like they stop telling you that. And if you do try to do it, they tell you not to do it. Yeah, and I think they just didn't want to see me fail. Yeah, it's just fear, right? It's like they're just worried for and, you. And uh, it never conflicted our relationship because me and my parents have, like, such amazing relationship. Yeah. We're really close. I see them every week still. And it's like, that was 10 years ago. And it was just crazy how, like, all this time flew by. But through the first three or four years, I never really talked to my dad, like, business, anything. Right. I didn't tell him about my failures. I didn't tell him about, like, my successes, you know through the grapevine, through, like, family conversations on Sundays and, like, all this other stuff, you know, he'd, like, want to be more involved. And it's like, oh, this happened and that happened. And then it'd be, like, a bad night and, like, a good night. Because I was new. I didn't even know what I was doing. I literally started from nothing. Yeah, I didn't want advice from anyone else because I didn't know what advice to take. I didn't even know what type of trainer that I wanted to be. My brother was in school to be a chiropractor, so, like, I got a lot of advice from him. He's the one who, like, introduced, like, meditation to me and learning how to, like, relax because I'm a super, like, intense, like – pretty high-strung person sometimes <laughs> i can be like pretty intense so it's just like for the first few years we didn't really talk about that and then like as the years went by six seven years after being a trainer trying to do my thing watch me change just like evolve real slow yeah he like totally came for a full circle and yeah well hey man fucking after enough time yeah you put in the work so what kind of things do you like to like uh what what, what have you turned to to study i mean i feel like today all the real-time information as far as health and wellness and fitness is concerned. I mean, you. I mean, obviously books that are being, like, published right now, but, I mean, like, podcasts are huge. I mean, you have the people who are actually doing the work, doing the science. They're going on these podcasts. They're talking about the results real-time, like, what they're finding, like, what's happening right now. Yeah. So between podcasts and books and, uh, I mean, shit, yeah, just reading, you can, you can fucking get a high-level education. Yeah, without best, having without the, the having be, to pay without having all to pay. that money. Exactly. And you're getting shit from experience instead of like theory and the actual people doing the work. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna go learn about fitness and nutrition from a guy who's like hundred hundred pounds overweight. Yeah. Says the same stuff every single year. Which yeah. is like Well and the problem is like these universities, like all that information, it's not being assimilated to them until much later. You know what I mean? Like so the things that they're teaching, it's the same with a lot of these certifications, like these credentials depending on the certification but a lot of these like training certification especially for maybe just like the generic like personal training one like once you start getting into like more like specific certifications but like you'll see i i took a, a nutrition cert and um there's some good information in there however it's based off a lot of like old information like it's not super like real time i mean it's probably i would guess it's probably taking like seven years for, like for this information to even get to these people like i've heard a number how long it actually takes current science to actually 
get into university and like start being taught it's an ungodly number but it's probably the same for these certifications as well yeah probably yeah man so back to my questions <laughs> for my rant what do you like to like read or listen to or study ben greenfield's man? a good author yeah he's great yeah ben he has greenfield's a good book good. called beyond training mm-hmm. just goes like more in depth about yeah you know, just like science and stuff i've been debating on whether or not i want to actually read that book or um do the audible version i don't know yet i'm a big uh like put a book in front of me flip the page type of thing i highlight a lot like yeah. nuggets that i get from books and stuff for sure so I do l- watch like YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, um, just basic stuff too. I think when it all comes down to like, I talk to my brothers a lot too. They're functional neurologists, chiropractors. Yeah. They're like heavy into like the holistic nutrition part. And um, it just all comes down to just eating what's real, like vegetables, fruits, yeah. lean meats, and staying away from a whole bunch of dairy and poultry stuff, staying away from like gluten and bread. It's like, you got it going on. Yeah, man. I mean, all you have to do is just eat, you know, real food. It's pretty simple. Right. Um, You know, you talk to people and it's so complicated for some reason in their mind. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they don't know what to eat. And in in all fairness, there's just so much misinformation, right? It's just so many, like, um, just bad facts out there. You know, you know, fat is bad or um, it's like, you know, for who knows how long everybody was told to, like, eat margarine. Like, that's just plastic. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And then then it was like, well, eat, like, low-fat, low-sodium, but it's just, like, completely processed, like... Crap. Crap. It's not even real food. It's like, you might as well be in, like, a cardboard box or something. Seriously. Right? But this is what people are told that's healthy, right? It's, like, things that are in the box, right? If it has the right packaging or on it you know what i mean or if it has like if it says natural on it or if it's green everyone's misled it's it's crazy man it's a hard it's, it's hard waters to navigate but it doesn't have to be you know what i mean just eat like real whole food this is what i tell people all the time people who ask me is like what should i do should i do like keto or should i you know just take out carbs um what do i do and i need to lose weight i'm like well what are you doing right now yeah give me what you're eating like right now do you yeah. think you can literally take all that processed stuff out of your life like right now? They're like, no. I'm like, just try to be a little healthier. Take away a bad habit and put on a good habit. Take away a snack and add an apple. Yeah, man. Slowly just implement like more healthy stuff into your lifestyle and take away the bad. So then eventually you're leading like somewhat of like a healthy new lifestyle. Because you're not on a diet. You're just trying to find something that, like, works for you, something that's, like, simple. So as time goes by, you're going to start living, like, a more, like, natural, holistic lifestyle anyways. You're not going to veer towards, like, your old habits. And then then while you do that, you're going to see your weight come off. And then you can do a keto. You can do, like, a carb load. You can do, like, a carb cycle. But if you can't not eat processed foods, like, right now, what makes you think you can just go keto – and do like no carbs right away. Just yeah. eat what you're eating now. Slowly take away the bad shit. Add the good stuff, and then slowly your lifestyle is going to change because everyone wants shit just to happen like right now, right now. Yeah, it doesn't happen right now, dude. It's a fucking life. It's a lifestyle change, right? And that's what people don't understand. Totally. Or some do, but you have to, or at least you have to make them understand that. Like, yo, this isn't something that we're doing just for right now. Um, we're we're changing the way you live life. It's that simple. You know what I mean? And, like, you didn't get this fucked up overnight. So it's probably <laughs> – it's going to take some time to, like, get you back to where you want to be. So For sure. Especially – I had a, I was telling a client once, um, you know, at this point where we're starting right now, 
anything. We don't have to like get into like the weeds on a lot of things just because just anything that you're doing is going to be an improvement. So like let's just get you moving. Let's just get you eating a little bit better. And like we're going to start seeing results. You know what I mean? We don't have to like get super specific on some of these like on certain things. You know what I mean? Like let's just big picture here. Let's just let's just fix some small things here and there and then keep moving forward totally you know what i mean like shit it doesn't have to be super complicated right like, let's just start eating more vegetables let's cut out some of the fucking the processed foods let's go on a walk every day these aren't extreme things like let's just drink a little bit more water you know what i mean super easy lifestyle changes yeah just That's real it. little things right and then also do you try to address like the um like the root causes for like some of these people like why they eat do you ever talk to people about that you know what i mean because the relationship there is usually much deeper than people usually want to like address yeah i think that like food for a lot of the people that i train is like a huge issue i don't even th i think them coming in like busting their ass and like working out with me and learning like awesome new exercises is like super fun for them but like when they go home and then they're alone and then like they don't know what to do yeah. Like food is like comforting for them. Yeah. And it's like almost really, really sad to see because yeah. like food is just like, I feel like nicotine or like any other drug. It it's like, they're, it's like their dopamine rush. It's like, I can't wait to go home so I can eat all this food, even though they don't want to do it. Yeah, man. And some certain foods are trigger foods, dude. Like, dude, I can't have certain things in the house because I'll eat the whole, th like if I have ice cream, it's gone. Like, I will eat it, and, like, I get the satisfaction from finishing it. It's, fu <laughs> it's, it's fucked up, dude. dude. Like, it's it's serious, though. Like, trigger foods are real, and it can be, like, you can just take you over the top. And uh, But I don't know how many people actually address, like, what their relationship is with their food and actually why they eat. Like, are you a stress eater? Like, are you, like, are you just, like, you get sad and you eat? Like, why do you eat? You know what I mean? Are you just you're bored so you're snacking? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's a good question to ask. I think that uh, some of the people that I have encountered in the past eat because they're unhappy. Yeah. They don't want to do other drugs, but eating is something they're good at. Yeah. And it's super comforting. So they're just going to continue to do that until, like, anyone else hits rock bottom. Then they want to change. And it's like, well, then how do I change? And then they come and find me. And then they eventually, like, will start breaking down, telling me, like, what's going on with them. Yeah. And it's like, well, like you just said, you're way more than just like a trainer to some people. You're you're not like their therapist, but it's like you're yeah. like their mentor. You're their go to person. Yeah, you're you're like that person that they believe in because they believe in you. I don't even like the term trainer. I like I mean, I just call myself a health and movement coach. Totally. You know what I mean? Because I call myself a fitness professional. Yeah. I don't I don't like that. I mean, yeah, there's there is you know, there's personal training going on, like but when it comes to the health conversation, like that's just like one aspect, and often I don't, we don't even have to do that. Like I can actually work with you and help you get healthy, and we don't even actually have to do this piece. You know what I mean? For like, sure. I, we can we can address other issues of your health because from a holistic standpoint, there's a lot of different things to talk about and address. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like you said, as a trainer, if if they are coming to you for that movement piece and they want that private one on one, it's like oftentimes there's a lot of conversations there where we're much more than just trainers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. So, yeah, this is a good conversation, man. I feel like we went on a huge tangent there. <laughs> well, not really, but I want to bring it back to your story a little bit um, with 
some of the population that you're talking or that you're working with now? Oh, yeah, in the water aerobics. Yeah, man, because you work with such a crazy population in the sense that um, a lot of people do gin pop, but, I mean, how many – I don't really talk to a lot of people that actually specialize in, like, water aerobics, and then you work heavily with, like, the geriatric, geriatric population. So In the water aerobics yeah, specifically. Exactly, yes. right. So, yeah. So yeah, so uh, combined. <laughs> yeah, so, so actually, like two uh, two years after I got certified as a trainer, I just did all like one on one stuff. I just did house to house. I got certified. I just would like meet people, um, put stuff on like Craigslist, just try to like get my name out there. Yeah. So it was primarily like even I did a lot of downtown stuff, St. Louis, and then like Kirkwood area, even in University City, I did a lot of stuff. And I would do house to house, and I was also working part time as a lifeguard, trying to build my personal training business up to be able to quit lifeguarding to train full time. Right. So then I was training. It doesn't happen overnight. Totally. It took like <laughs> three years. Well, it took about a year. Yeah. To be able to quit lifeguarding, because as I was doing that, the teacher that had been teaching water aerobics for like twenty five years wasn't teaching anymore, and so like I was coming into like lifeguard and i was they were like we're looking for a new water aerobics instructor and i was like what really <laughs> i was like liz her name's liz vorbeck she's awesome she worked at the pool for like 30 years um i was like liz i'll do it can you i say, i was like fuck it let me just <laughs> i was like can i do it she's like do you want to do that she, and then so like po- point and that point at my life like as a trainer like Having one-on-ones and not being super experienced, you would have people cancel on you and, like, not pay you. Yeah. You would train people, and then they would drop off and still not pay you. So I was like, yeah, Liz, I want to do it because it's guaranteed money every single day. I can cancel all the people that I'm training right now in the morning time. I will teach your water aerobics class. So she went to the director of the city because I wasn't water, water aerobics certified. She's like, hey, Zach's a trainer. He does this. He's been working for the city for, like, six years already can he teach my water aerobics class? And he was like, yeah, he can do it. (laughs) And so um, that next session rolled around. So I just did her class with her and I probably kept like 60% of the stuff that she used because it was awesome. Yeah. It was great. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, I've been doing water aerobics for about eight years. Man. And how, so what's the age range for the people that's coming in there? There is definitely not a not a lot of young people, right? But I had a, like a twenty four year old in my twenty five year old in my class that suffered like back injuries and stuff. So yeah. that was like some of the only exercises that she can do at the time. Yeah. But I would say like she, mainly, I would say like forty five to like ninety two. Yeah, but mostly it's like what like sixties, seventies, seventies. I would say like seventy. Like I would probably say like sixty or seventy percent are all in their seventies. Yeah, so just a much older population. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and it makes sense, right? Because you, you have the water, so you're gonna uh, decrease uh, all of that fucking like load on your joints. Definitely. Especially if you if you can't move well, if you are heavier, you know what I mean. Less impact. It makes sense, right? You're on one leg for like. 15 minutes at a time doing exercises with the other leg like there's yeah there's just like so much stuff that you can do in the water that you can't do outside of the water oh yeah yeah with the resistance the buoyancy yeah it's, it's sustainable right definitely it, especially once you start getting into like advanced age like it, it, before you get there you should start thinking about like sustainability and longevity with your training but i mean once you are there like you have no fucking choice but to like focus on like what you can actually do you know what i mean because you can't 
can't make up for it anymore because you're you know you're young enough for whatever reason you know what I mean for sure I mean I've noticed working out so much one day and then like feeling so sore being in the water for two hours and getting out of the water and being like holy shit I'm not sore anymore I feel great yeah I mean the body's just different it takes longer to recover definitely you know I mean just hormones are different just everything's different so you have to train differently. Definitely. Most of the people that come in and do the water aerobics have like hip replacements, knee replacements, lots of shoulder issues. Some people even have like hardcore neck issues. Yeah. You know, and they just do what they can. A lot of it's a lot of just social stuff too. Yeah. I mean, there's a community there. Um, and then also it's like physical therapy essentially for a lot of these guys. I think so. That's what yeah. it sounds like anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You do like a head to toe warm up for like five minutes and then I implement like 15 minutes of like aerobic activity, like jumping up and down, doing jumping jacks, running in place, yeah, swinging your arms different ways. And then we get on the wall. They do – if they're balanced enough, they don't have to use the wall. A lot of them use the wall to hold on to so they can do all their left legged exercises. Then they do their right legged exercises. Then we get out the water weights at the very end. And then we play this game called don't drop the ball. I'm in the middle. They're all around the circle. We get a beach ball. And – uh we hit the beach ball back and forth. I hit it twice to each person, and we try to go as long as we can without the ball hitting the ground. Yeah, so it's like a game they're having fun. Yeah, we just broke the record yeah. like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> 2,690. <laughs> Fuckers are setting records in there. Dude, I know. It's like, where's Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, bro. Yeah. So you guys have like the uh, – I, I used to see I, – when I worked at uh, 24-Hour Fitness, I used to see the uh, the water aerobics class in there, and they had like the uh, – they like the big foam water weights? Yeah, you guys that's use exactly, that shit. That's exactly what it is, dude. <laughs> oh, that's some funny-ass shit, man. But hey, it, man, is it funny. helps so many people, though. It does. You know, the first couple of years, I was just like, God, I'm like 23 years old teaching all these like old people. But, you know, like as time went by and you just build relationships with people. Yeah. You know, but it just like all goes away. It's like, why was I ever even nervous? You know, like I have a really good time. Yeah. Basically, it's like old people are funny. You miscount. Like, you're on number nine, and then you go to 11. You can hear them all be like, oh, my God. It's just that sack best. Start whispering. Yeah, dude. It's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, man. You know, it's weird because, I mean, an old person, like, once you get to a certain age, it's like society likes to forget about people. But, I mean, they're no different than you. They have the biggest hearts more than anyone well, there is, too. I, I start, like, thinking about, like, whenever I'm 70 – like what I'm gonna be like. I'm still gonna be me. Totally. Right? <laughs> so it's 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 like, fuck, dude. I can only imagine some of the stories. Have you heard some crazy ass stories from these people? Yeah, yeah. There's been some I mean, cool they live stuff. Life. They do live life. They love to travel too. My oldest client, she's 92. Um, she has a walker. Her kids bring her to class every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. For my 10 o'clock class. Super good dudes. She loves traveling, and she goes to this casino in kansas city like all the time i think it's kansas maybe somewhere outside of topeka kansas i can't remember where it's I don't at fucking know, dude. but she loves gambling so she goes gambling like three or four times a year no matter what she does and then some people i'm like hey why didn't why weren't you at last session she's like you know i was just hanging out traveling meeting new people all this other stuff and it's like you say like one wrong like word in class they take it as like something you know sometimes people are like what the hell did zach just say what did he just say and then sometimes they'll just, like, go around. They'll talk some, like, really, really crazy conversations and just start whispering to each other. And I'm like, are you guys talking about me? Are you guys over there talking about me? And then they'll just start blushing and being like, yeah, we're just talking about you. We were just talking to my 
granddaughter or grandson about how handsome our water aerobics instructor is and that's funny they just like to turn stuff into like sexual shit because like <laughs> usually when they see me like in public i'm like hey how's it i walk up like hey how's it going and they like look at me like really really weird you know a lot of them live in the community that i live in too so if i yeah. see them like in public i'll be like hey how's it going i'll wear a hat my hoodie my sweatpants and they're like who is this guy yeah. So the, some of the crazy stories are like, who is this guy? And I'm like, hey, Teresa, it's me, Zach. So she's like, Zach? I don't notice you with clothes on. <laughs> That's what they all tell me all the yeah. time. Because like, you're in the water with them, right, when you teach? Of course. I'm in the water. I do the same exact thing that they do the whole time. Yeah. I don't sit outside the water. And count for it, like I count for them and stuff. But I do everything; it's great. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, so they're so they're so used to seeing you seeing you in the pool setting. Totally, just with like shorts, no shirt on, no shoes or socks, like just in the pool, you know. Yeah, that's so funny how we do that, right? We just associate people with like the places that we see them the most. Yeah. And if they're in a uniform, your your case being fucking <laughs> swim trunks, yeah, yeah, swim trucks. Yeah, it's like. Uh, they don't recognize you otherwise. Right. I'm like, I got this big ass beard. It's like you still don't recognize me. They're like, ah, I was just looking at your clothes. That's funny, man. Yeah, no, dude, that's some interesting shit, dude. I um, I wonder what like what are you gonna do whenever uh, they all start dying on you? <laughs> as fucking morbid as that uh, sounds. Well, dude, since I'm I've been doing it for like eight years, man, that's I've morbid seen, as fuck uh, of me, isn't it? No, man, it's. It's it's natural. Well, I mean, it's it's kind it's kind of funny though. But like I've seen like you know uh, I would I would teach for like six or seven months and then you don't notice like a couple of people who are really quiet in your class. There were like people that were like in and out a lot. Yeah. And you're like, hey, whatever happened to blah blah blah? And they're like, oh, she died. Fuck. <laughs> 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 well, all I'm fairness, so we're all getting older always. Um, I think the most fucked up part about it is like I don't find out the person passes away until like a week later and they've already had their funeral and I'm never able to make anyone's funeral. Uh, and, yeah. you know, like they always bring in me like the little piece of paper obituaries and I have them like at my house and stuff because yeah. I would say there's probably been almost a dozen that have like passed away in the last like eight years. Man, that's tough though to get to know people and like they're just gone. But, you know, like it's it's going to be happening soon anyway. Yeah. And I think the I think what uh the best part is, is like their family comes in and thanks you for like yeah. being with their mom and you know you were the only this class and you were like the only only interaction she had for a long time and for a lot of old folks yeah man like whenever uh you're at home and like you're not working you're just like you look forward to certain interactions otherwise you're just like at home by yourself unless yeah. unless you're like one of those people who are just fucking with it you know what i mean like yeah. they're out there they're moving and grooving they're they're traveling and shit but for some of these folks i imagine like that's probably the highlight of their day like Getting up there in the morning, getting some movement in, getting some community, and then yeah. whatever they're doing the rest of the day, who knows? And but. just making sure, like, when I ask, like, the kids or anything, I, or <clears throat> their friend who takes my class, I usually ask them, like, did they go away, like, peacefully? Like, were they happy, you know? And yeah. One lady, uh, she would have two beers every single day in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's my life. I'm living it. Yeah, so, like, her kids brought in, like, her last couple beers and... She drank, like, I think, like, half of it or something like that. Yeah. And, like, her family was with her. And I think at that point they knew that, like, wow, this yeah. isn't going to happen. Like, you know, I think within, like, the last hour she had passed. But yeah, it was just, like, the coolest, happiest story. She's like, I have my beer and I'm with my kids. And I think she was, like, 87. Yeah. And she took my class from when I started till you know, like, I think she missed, like, the last two months before she passed. Mm -hmm. but. You know, my first job was in a nursing home. And uh, I worked in the kitchen. I was a dishwasher. I did that for pro I did that for 13 months. I think I did that for. And uh, dude, you, you talked about how like uh, you know, 
people just like stop showing up in class and like you didn't notice bro i had to i had to go out and uh put waters in all the the spots at the table um before like before dinner and or whatever meal they're about to eat and some of the people uh for whatever reason they had to have like a thickened liquid so that like the liquid wouldn't get into their lungs and uh dude there are times man i would put the waters at somebody's spot for i don't know how fucking long and then i would find out that hey dude that person they don't sit there anymore they passed away oh, <laughs> it's like fuck dude i've been putting their thickened water there for like two like two weeks bro you could have told me that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that was an interesting experience man like that was one of those things that um really shaped the way i look at the like health and like the world for like the how i view like my future and how i want to live like was really shaped by like that experience because like my growing up like my mom she worked in a nursing home so i kind of had a little bit of exposure there and like uh my grandfather he was in a nursing home so like we would kind of visit him but then like i got older and like so i'm i'm 15 16 at this time i'm working in the nursing home i'm there all the time and I just realized, like, when I get older, I don't want to be here. Like, this is not where I want to be. Because a lot of those people, man, they were just, like, alone. Like, they're just in their rooms. They're alone. They're by themselves. And I was like, man, like, at all costs, like, I'm going to do everything I can to be healthy and take care of my body and just and to be, like, fucking cognitive. Cogn- cognitively cognitively there's the there word. we go yeah, yeah that's that's a hard one for me this morning yeah i just wanted to be i want to have my wits about me i wanted to keep my fucking brain sharp definitely uh, and then i like i wanted to be able to move well and i knew like you have to be healthy to do that right and so absolutely that was one of the things that like fucking like set me down that path of like wanting to always be healthy for sure it's like the last straw for them they know it when you're in there and you're aware you're going into a place like that, unless you have like dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, Yeah. like they're aware, like, wow, this is my resting place. Yeah, dude. It's a shitty spot. A lot of times, dude. It is. I train a lady right now. She's 81 years old. I go there twice a week. St. Charles Cedarhurst retirement living place. It's like assisted living. They yeah. Have, like a memory unit and stuff like that. That's a little bit better though. That's almost like an apartment. Definitely. It's like yeah. more of an apartment, but they know it's like their last place. They're probably going to live and stuff. Yeah. Full cafeteria, super clean. It's nice. It's yeah. nice, but it's different than a nursing home. It's like last straw stuff. They, but like a nursing home is like, dude, it's like a, it's just like a hospital almost, but it's like not, I don't know how to put it. It's just like a, it's not nice where everybody's like fucking living like they have their own apartments. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. It's, it's, you fucking walk in, it's just this big open place usually. Like they have hallways, right? You have to yeah. Hall, and everybody has their own room. Yeah. It's like, fuck, dude. Yeah, they have a, what is it? Um, Aberdeen Heights, where um, it's right next to Merrimack Community College. Okay. My wife's mother, my mother-in-law, is like this nursing supervisor there. So they have a really nice assisted living place, but they also have like a whole like unit for yeah, like nursing home. And uh, it's crazy. There's a guy that I train. I've been training him for like seven years. He's 51 now. He had a stroke at 45 and went totally blind. Oh, wow. And his caregiver at the time was a person that I was training. And David's his name. He's the one who had a stroke and went blind. His sister, who is his like primary guardian, was like, "Hey, do you know anyone that can help out with David?" And so she, I was training her at the time. She's like, "Yeah, my trainer Zach can help him out." So I've been training him every day, Monday through Friday, for like the last probably five years. We were like once or twice a week for the first like year or two. Yeah. And then now I'm with him five days a week. He was like totally at it. We played tennis. 
I can drop the ball and he can smash it over the net all the time. He played as a kid. Like I retaught him how to do like so many things, did like all his rehabilitation. We train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I take him shopping on Thursdays and do all of his grocery shopping. And then on Fridays we chill out in the pool where I teach. Nice. And like last November he had like a small little episode and it kind of like brought him all down. You know, he's having like a lot of trouble again and we're still training and stuff. His training regimen isn't like nearly as it was before. And his short-term memory is, like, way worse than it used before. And um, he's very fortunate enough to have a very, very successful family to be able to help him out and have caregivers 24-7. So a caregiver lives at his house, his um, yeah. condo, yeah, and they take care of him. That's a much better environment to be at home. But the next thing that he that's going to happen in his life if something happens, what I tell him the most is, like, you got to give an effort. If you stop giving an effort, then you're going to end up in one of these places. Yeah. And he knows that if that's where he goes, he's going to die. Yeah. Because he'll decline so fast. People give up there. Not everybody, but. He's yeah. yeah. He's trying, but it's it's hard for him. Yeah. And so we, I'm his only male interaction that he has. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's important to do as, I mean, humans, we need each other. For sure. Yeah, for sure. We're we're social creatures. We like to think that we can do it on our own. I'm guilty of that for sure, man. Like, uh, I'm very reclusive at times. And, uh, yeah, you can't. Got to have a team. Definitely. Yeah, community is important, bro. For sure, for sure. Oh, I had a question for you earlier. Um, Oh, no, I don't think you actually fully answered my question. So <laughs> I went on a tangent. <laughs> no, dude. Okay, so like now you're um you're doing more of the uh the twelve week challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So like what's like what's next for you as far as like where do you see yourself like you know kind of progressing with your training? You know what I mean? Like you've been doing the water aerobics for a little bit now, right? Yeah, and I'll always do that. It's a contracted job through the city that I live in. Yeah. So I do that, and then I teach like two late night classes on Mondays and Tuesdays because they came up to me like three years ago and they're like, "Hey, Zach, we would love for you to teach a fitness class up here." Would you be able to do that? And I was like, well, I would only be available on Mondays and Tuesdays from like 7.30 to 8.20 because I want to be home by 8.30. They're like, done. So, nice. I, so I do that on Mondays and Tuesday nights. And so for the last like eight years, I've taught boot camp classes from Monday through Friday from 6 to 7. I did like package deals. I've done memberships and stuff like that. I was at a North County location for four years. And April 1st will be four years that I've been at. St. Charles MMA. Really? It's been four years already? Yeah, April 1st. Whoa. 2015, April 1st was like the first night that I had like my class. Dang. And so when I moved from like North County to St. Charles, I like lost like 100% of like my clientele like started over time. Over. Pretty much like started over. And for a few years, it was going really good. I had members. I was like making money and it was fun. It was just like another thing I'd like to do. And as time went by, I had a child. And so I had, like, a group of, like, five or ten members of my class that were coming. And then eventually, like, they just slowly, like, started not coming as much. And I would teach, like, two and three people. And then sometimes I'd go there and no one would even show up. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm leaving my daughter and my wife for, like, two hours to come here and train, which is awesome because I really want to help people. That's what I'm doing. And I was like, babe, I, I just, like, almost had, like, a crazy meltdown. I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. From six to seven at night, like I can't do it. Like I'm busy all throughout the day, but I really wanted to like progress and make something like really big at nighttime, where I can you know make a lot of money and help a lot of people at the same time and be able to interact with people because that's what I love to do. And I was like, all right, babe, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. 
So then I just sat down and like pretty much over the last like eight years that I've been doing it, I just kind of designed a 12-week challenge program through what I've taught and what I've learned over the last eight years. And so there's like three stages of the program. There's like a one through four week stage, a five through nine week, and like nine through 12. And it's all like beginner all the way up until you're going to be able to like create your own workout, eat well. Because through the program, you're going to do 12 weeks, Monday through Thursday, six to seven. And then you're going to learn my fitness pal, which is going to teach you how to like track all your food, scan your food, break up your macros, like your proteins, your fats, and your carbs based off what their goals are so they can reach them. So there's like from um, a nutritional standpoint, that's like kind of what they're going to learn. And then they're going to train four nights a week with me for 12 weeks. And so my goal is to get 10 people signed up in a 12-week challenge program. My first challenge program ended on December 6th, and I got three people in that program, and they saw a lot of awesome results. And they all signed up for my second program that just started this past Monday, which was January 7th. Yep, that was the 7th. January 7th. And at like 4.30 p.m., I had my 10th person like message me on Facebook and be like, hey, is there any spots left? And I was like, yeah, I got one spot left. Yeah. And so like at 4.30, just like I had set my mind on seven because like two days prior, I had seven people signed up. Yeah. Three more people signed up within like the two days. And uh, today going today's Wednesday going on the third day of my second 12-week challenge. Yeah. It's going really good. So let's say that um, you start uh, – selling out all of these challenges and you start adding classes are you still going to have time to do the water aerobics you're still going to keep I doing was, that i, I literally mean, was just talking to my wife like I mean, two you, days ago about that and i was you like you build your own brand why would you want to keep working for somebody else of course of course i think i think about that like all the time and i think about like my connection that i have with these people that come to the water aerobics every day and how like loyal they are to me because without them i wouldn't have that job yeah and i wouldn't have the experience of like keeping my body moving well also because i think i take it for granted because i get to do it with them yeah and if i didn't teach it let's be honest i probably wouldn't go to the pool and like do the things that i'm like showing all these people on a daily basis yeah so it's like if i the ultimate goal is to really like start selling out these 12-week challenge programs start working with like groups of like 10 people keeping it really small having those 10 people work out at the same time for 12 weeks build that camaraderie and that group teamwork together so they can work together and eventually like as like a fitness professional like your main job is to get the person you're helping results that's it that's like ultimately like what they're paying you for that's why they're coming to class is because they want to change yeah because it's not about me it's like about the people that you're trying to help yeah so you got to put all your attention to them because if you don't get them results and if you don't help them mentally also because i think just as you start working out, you just feel better in general, regardless of like when you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like what you look, if you don't, if you don't like what you look like, it's like working out still going to make you feel like way better inside no matter what. Oh yeah, man. There's, like, there's, it is the best medicine. There's so many things going on. It's the best medicine ever. Yeah. 100% man. Movement is an antidepressant. So getting those 10 people together and just like being super redundant about believing in them, knowing that they can achieve their goals. Cause all 10 people that are doing the course right now, all have 10 totally specific different goals. So you got to meet up with each individual by themselves to build that personal relationship with them on top of training with them. So like when you're training them and you're watching them work out, you know exactly why they're doing that. Cause yeah. if as a trainer, if you don't know why they're doing that, then you're not going to know how hard to push somebody. Yeah. I like how you're building the community into it. Um, it's going to be challenging to scale that 
to scale the um because you're like combining a class a, a group uh, like a group setting with like a personal touch, right? I mean, you're doing totally. You're, you're combining those, right? And normally, like that's when things get separate, right? You can't you can't be private one on one. You can't have like you know privatized fucking training in a group setting. But that's what you're attempting to do. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be challenging. And I think keeping it small, having ten people, because it's only people. like an hour workout, right? So basically you put them all through like an assessment, see what type of fitness level they're in, see what they can and cannot do, what type of issues do they have, do they have knee issues, do they have ankle issues. Yeah, you got to you have to modify everything. So like you just have to study your client really, really well when you first start with them. Write notes down at nighttime. Yeah. So when you're meeting up with them the next day, it's like, hey, I saw you doing this yesterday. When we do this today, do it like this. So it's like you're trying to put that personal touch on each individual. Right. Well, I guess – so how are you going to have more – so you have the one – I think that works great with, like, one group of 10. Of course. So if you do a group of 10 from 6 to 7, you do, like, another group of 10 from, like, 7 to 8. Right. So how do you – so that's that's 20 individuals of – that's 20, right? 20, yeah. So how do you how do you give them each that one-on-one time to assess them all? So how do you my goal that? first – so if – so that so basically, when you write like a business plan, mm-hmm. it never goes one hundred percent the way you. Well, write no, it. dude, business doesn't so go. It's just to say, just, so I'm just talking through it with you, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, so yeah. what I'm doing now is I'm meeting up like twenty twenty five minutes early with like one person. Yeah, and doing that like four times a week. So you're getting like two, at least two, like maybe up to an hour with one individual at the beginning. And like towards the end of like the 12 week problem, because you want to see what their mindset is. Yeah. Like the pro, it's like, hey, do you think you're doing okay? Like, what do you think you need to work on? Is there anything that I need to be doing different? Like, yeah. Do you need more attention? How long are those sessions that you, how, like those, when you meet with them, how long is that that you're meeting with them? It's about 25 minutes. About 25 minutes. And basically, it's like to reevaluate their goals. Yeah. How's tracking my fitness pal? Because on top of that, we're going to do like half hour sessions before class, because there's a whiteboard at the studio where. You can write down the equation to help them track their macros. So they're going to come in, all of them, get their phones out, get their pencils out, and we're going to go over my fitness pal as a group together like three or four times through the next 12 weeks also. Yeah. So basically at the end of the 12 weeks, you should be really confident to do just like the four basic exercises like the pushing, the pulling, the hinging, and the squatting. It's all basic like movements that us humans like need to perfect. Because if you perfect those, you can branch off and then do more complex exercises. Yeah, yeah, no, push, pull, squat, hinge, all important. You do any, like, I mean, rotation, gait, those are also important. Yeah, of course, but they have to perfect those, like, basics first before you even. Well, those are also in addition. So, I mean, I would say there's, like, seven basic movements, right? So you have your push, your pull, your squat, your lunge, your, uh, your hinge. Wait, yeah, push, pull, squat, hinge, lunge. You have your uh like your gait like your your weighted carry and then you have like rotation it's like all those like there's rotation in every movement that you do so like those are all important agree yeah but most of those people that are in the class i would say can't even like perform a lunge right now yeah some can some can't so working with like a group of 10 people right that's a really good question because as those people progress then you put those people through more of like a rotational exercise with like a lunge and like a core twist than just doing a stationary lunge like in place yeah. because you can't step backwards because your balance sucks or because you're overweight and you're going to load the pressure on your front knee. So there's just, like you said, you got to modify everything and you yeah. really got to be on your toes a lot because I don't think me, one person can take on 20 people at one time. Right. I would have to have maybe two or 
two, at least two other people helping me run the class, perfecting people and helping push people and making sure they don't hurt themselves. Like during the class? During the class, correct. Yeah. Because I think me as an individual, I can do 10 people at one time, no doubt. I've ran classes of 20 by myself. Yeah, well, I'm not thinking necessarily running the class. I guess what uh, I was thinking about is like the – so the group piece is the easy part. But when you start adding like the personal piece, that's when it gets from a time demand perspective. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the, then, and then you try to start scaling that. Like eventually – you're only one person, right? Totally. Eventually, like, there's – so, I mean, like, you, you mentioned the other people, like, uh, leading – so maybe you have, like, other people, like, running some other classes. Are they also going to be doing the, uh, like, the one-on-one piece as well? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and the one-on-one piece isn't to, like, dig deep emotionally. That's only if – right. That's only, like, if that individual starts expressing that. Right. But at least getting like – because before the program even starts, you have like a good consultation and you meet up with them like uh-huh. way before it even starts. Yeah. So you can get a good grasp of like, hey, what's even going on with you? For what sure. are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. Because some people want to lose a lot of weight and some people just want to feel better about themselves because they don't mind what they look like. Yeah. They're just like slow, sluggish. They're tired and they yeah. don't know why. Yeah. It's definitely important to have like that meeting up front before you start training. So like one, like to even figure out like do you even like me like as a person? Like, <laughs> for sure. Like do I like you? Can we even work together? Because maybe yes. I'm not the best person for you. Like maybe it's like, all right, maybe you came to me, but all right, well, Zach's a better trainer. Maybe you should go train with Zach. You know what I mean? Because like, like whoever you are, and like Adam, like we don't get along. <laughs> we're just <laughs> like it's just like like our because you, we're all humans, right? And sometimes personalities don't go well. But then, like you said, you want to get the information. Like you want to get a baseline. Get like you want to assess them. Figure out like how do they like how do they move? What are they doing? Like what are their goals? Like that's all important. For sure. Yeah, I think my passion scares them away a lot of the times. Like, yeah. I just get so intense with it, and just, like, sometimes I just feel like I'm so overloading in their fucking face that they're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Zach is just so crazy. And then usually Zach sometimes when I meet up with someone, like, my first, like, probably three or four years I was training, I would train anybody, dude. Yeah. I would freaking train anyone. I think I only charge, like, 25 bucks an hour. Yeah. Um, And – I just didn't care because I wanted to help so many people. I was just so naive. And it's just like now if I meet up with you and training with me is like something you're interested in, it's like, hey, man, this is what you're going to get out of me. This is what I expect out of you. Yeah. And then they see like this thing, list of like stuff. It's like, wow, I thought I was ready to like change my life and my lifestyle, but he's really asking a lot of me. I don't think I can do that. And then you really find out who really wants to change and who doesn't want to change. Yeah. Yeah, man, I don't have – so, like, exp- yeah, dude, I don't have time to, to waste with people like that. You know what I mean? I so, did, but I don't anymore. Yeah, that's why, like, um, like you won't see me, like, uh, like, I won't be cheap, like, with my time. You know what I mean? Like, people want – like, I'm, I'm all about providing value, and I give away a ton of value. And, like, I'm, I'm always just, like, you sit there and have a conversation with me, and I'll give you all the information that you probably fucking need to go do it. But the question is, like, are you really going to go do it? You know what I mean? Like, that's why it helps to have that accountability and, like, have that professional there. You know what I mean? Because I've trained people, and, like, I've taken them through a workout, and they think they got it, right? Like, they know <laughs> yeah. it. But as soon as they go by themselves, you know, it's it's totally different. So – it helps to have that professional, and you can't cheapen yourself by like giving away, like come train with me for twenty five bucks. Right, like that's you just gave away your time for twenty. Like that's that's you know. What to I me, mean? that was a lot. Yeah, you just de- yeah, but you was, devalued yourself. I know, you know what I mean? to get that client and the type, who really wasn't focused or really motivated, just like wow, I can learn some cool stuff for 
from this trainer who's only charging 25 yeah, bucks. Yeah, the people that want to pay that money aren't serious. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you know what, dude, like, if you want to train with me, like, this is who I am. Like, this is what is expected. You know what I mean? Like, I want we're going to work together. You know what I mean? And, uh, like, this is what I charge. And are, either you're serious or you're not. You know what I mean? So, like, you can't, like, cheapen your brand by trying to help everybody. I totally 100% agree. Yeah. I think I was, uh, I was listening to, uh, it wasn't a podcast. Oh, you know what it was? It was, I did a, I did a coaching call with, uh, Leo Savage. And, uh, I think one of the things that he learned through the strong coach program that he went through was, uh, like you can't, your, your service shouldn't be at a sacrifice. You know what I mean? So I think especially like us as trainers, you know what I mean? Like we'd be willing to like go lead a class and, and really devalue, like essentially not get paid what we're worth. You know what I mean? But it's just like, no man, it's like, I want to go like lead a class and help people, but I also need to get paid for my time. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's just like kind of one of those things that you try to balance with, like trying to provide as much value as you can without actually being like a sacrifice to yourself. 100. Yeah, man. That's something I try to think about all the time. All the time, dude. Because like, like, you know, like in the, in the training space, you're just always giving, giving, giving. Yeah, for sure. I think that's kind of like why I came up with like my own 12 week challenge program. You're going to be with like the same individuals day in and day out who are motivated and dedicated to like reach their 12 week goal. Right. And by the end of the 12 weeks, you should be able to like go out and work out on your own wherever you want, whenever you want with so much confidence. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you found that balance, right? Because you were sacrificing time with your family and you realize like, I still want to give and help, but not at a sacrifice. And the 12 week program was your solution. Yeah, definitely. So I took a, a full month off and, uh, I did a little advertising. Like I said, I only had three people signed up in my first 12 week program, but I was like, I'm totally going to dedicate all my time to these three people every single night. And yeah. all three people, they never missed one class. Nice. They came the whole 12 weeks. That's dope. They all got results. They didn't get their end result because I think a 12-week span isn't something they could achieve all their goals in. No, depending on what the goals – like. Absolutely. I mean, you wanted to lose in 12 weeks. I mean, I don't know what. You want to lose like 15 pounds. We can probably – we can do that. Of course. 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. That's no problem. We can do that in 12 weeks um, in, a, in a, like a safe, sustainable way. But depending on what your goals are, absolutely, twelve weeks is just the start. Um, they all liked it so much; they all signed up. All three signed up for my next program. Hell yeah! And then I eventually just sold out the program with about an hour and a half before it even started. That's dope, dude. So I'm very blessed. I'm like, yeah, we well, are grinding, man, and uh, I I love that about you. I mean, myself being an entrepreneur as well, you know, the buzzword entrepreneur, just trying to fucking make it happen at the end of the day, right? Just trying to just live. Yeah trying to build your yeah, own fucking it, thing. It, you're just trying to play chess with the outside world and you're the king, man. It's like what moves can you make to just go a little bit further each day? Yeah. And I've been behind so many times. I've been training for almost 10 years. On January 14th, it'll be 10 years. Oh, yeah? And this is how I actually very first started training my first clients. My brother, my older brother Josh, was in school to be a chiropractor. He lived in Chesterfield with his wife. She was already a physical therapist. And... I woke up at like 4.15 in the morning on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I would drive out to Chesterfield and get there by 5 a.m., and I would train my brother Josh from 5 to 6, and then I would train his wife Lindsay from uh, 6 to 7. Then I'd go home, I would sleep for a little bit, and I'd go work at the pool. Yeah. And if I had any afternoon clients at the time, I would just tra- like train them after that. Yeah. And I did that for 
probably a good six or seven months. And it was cool because Lindsay was a physical therapist and Josh was like studying hardcore to be a chiropractor. And it was just good to like go through a huge learning phase without having to even train anyone like that I didn't know personally. Yeah. And then eventually I started training like a couple of their friends here and there. And then that's kind of like how it slowly evolved to get like more one-on-ones. And then I was able to quit lifeguarding. I was doing a whole bunch of one-on-ones and then I started doing all the water aerobics. Nice. Nice. It's a fucking journey, dude. That's for sure. That is for sure. I, uh, I went real heavy like on the, so I trained as a, uh, like an undergrad and uh, I worked at Seldman Superstore as well. So, like, I got, like, a, a fucking great supplementation, like, like education as far as supplements and whatnot. Dude, that was working at Supplement Superstore, uh, Supplement Superstores, plural, uh, was, like, one of the best uh, experiences if for, for multiple reasons. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I did that, and that was undergrad. But then once I got my my degree like i tried to do the whole like let me go the corporate route because that's what i was told i was supposed to do right for sure so but like during that whole time i never stopped learning it's always been a passion like it's always really been uh like where my heart has been like i've always been learning the the entire time so like last year i just decided like once i committed to like this is where i'm going to be like building my life like I want to be uh, training and coaching and helping. Like once once I decided like that's the path, I just went super hot and heavy like on like all like the education and the uh, like the credentials and shit last year. And then like this year is just just more building like less like of the getting the certs and more of like the building and the uh, getting your brand out there. Yeah, getting my brand out there. So. 2019 is shaping up to be a good year for both of us, yeah, my dude, friend. I'm really dude, excited I'm super for you. Dude. Excited. Um, where can people get a hold of you if they want to train with you? How can they? Uh, how, how can they? Uh, ask they can. Questions uh, and, and they can find me on Facebook, Eyewitness Fitness Training and Wellness, or they can go to my website, ewftraining.com. They can find information about my next 12-week challenge program. They can find out information about one-on-one personal training, or if they have like groups of like two or three. Um, I think possibly starting at the end of February. I'm going to start doing like morning classes, like maybe two or three times a week. And the schedule will be put up like a month in advance. And that'll just be a walk-in thing at first. So we'll just pay, come work out. Yeah. And uh, other than that, I'm at 1861 Shreer Parkway. (laughs) (laughs) My personal training studio is located inside of St. Charles MMA. Yeah, I'll put all that in the show notes, dude. Um, Cool, man. Anything else you want to leave the people with? Uh. Thank you for your time, Adam. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Nothing and else. And I guess that. I'm going to leave everyone else with uh, just keep grinding, keep trying. And um, there's been times in my life where I thought like I was going to give up, but from some stroke, you know, you just, I just tell people a lot when they ask me like what I do for a living and they're like, whoa, you really do that? You can honestly like run your own little small company by yourself. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, how? It's like, well, because when I was like, going through school and Miss Linda T changed my life. I found out then and there that I never really wanted to have a boss. I never really wanted anyone to kind of tell me how I should think and do things. Yeah. So I think that anyone can do anything that they've ever wanted to do. Um, I started my journey at 21 years old. I'm 31 right now. And uh, I'm honestly thinking that it's like finally like getting started. 
Yeah, man. You just got to be able to, uh, you know, you have to be willing to put in the work and fucking sacrifice. But uh, at the end of it all, man, like, it'll totally be worth it. Yeah, it will. And I'm never going to sell out for anybody. So it's just like you hear so many times people who regret things that they never try to do in life. And I'm just trying to do what I think I'm not going to regret. Hell yeah, dude. Well, we'll end on that. Hell yeah. Zach. Thanks, Adam. All right, everybody.